show starts in one minute. the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are back in jolly old England in our recording studio that we have set up at 221B Baker Street. I am your host, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and joining me as always is the Watson to my Sherlock. It is Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados. And how are we feeling today, Dr. Christados? Hey, Jared, I'm doing good. I'm glad we're back here at 221B. I was just talking to my friend, Herbert Finick. You, you know, maybe you heard of him, Herbert Finick. Hmm... He hangs around some cool people and, you know, he, Herbert Finnick knows some special people. Maybe Herbert Finnick is some special people. Herbert Finnick's name does open doors in some circle. Yeah, it, it does open some possibilities out there that could be said. So, uh, you know, just me and Herbert Finnick hanging around. <laughs> just drop it. Just drop that name. <laughs> drop it like it's hot. And speaking of things that are hot, let's see. We got uh, my older, wiser brother, the Mycroft, and my Sherlock. It is Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick. How's it going tonight, Weasel Skull? Oh, it's going great. You know, I had a, a cute little talk with your son, Jay, and my nephew there. He came up and he was all like, Uncle Jason, can I join the Crusaders Club? And I was like, sure you can. I saved up my my money and i've got a dollar for the crusaders club and i said size ten dollars you can't be no cheap <laughs> cheapskate coming up in here with no one dollar go give me that tooth fairy money son <laughs> give me that tooth fairy money it was cute though uh, just side note to the audience you can join the crusaders club for as little as one dollar but <laughs> I, I thought it was it would be a, a nice little bit slash promo yeah <laughs> Oh, not related and can cut this out. But Jay did literally ask me in the car today in his cute little Jay voice. He said, Dad, can anyone listen to the Long Box Crusade? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> you can listen to a podcast. You can listen. You've got a device. You can listen. So this whole time he's been wondering, this is something that you and your jack friends do. <laughs> you like have imaginary friends. Well, yes. <laughs> Yes, and. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, we also have with us our favorite constable. It is Delvin the Dark Web Wilkins. How do you do, Bobby Wilkins? I am doing very well, Jared. Thank you for asking. And I'm just letting you know, if you had any questions about it, I am a very strong gentleman myself. You know, I can rip like a comic book apart with one hand. I mean, there are no comic books around, but (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, from comics then to like maybe 
a novel and then the dictionary, like build up to the dictionary. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I graphic novel even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm talking the watch pretty strong, man. <laughs> but alas, there are no copies of the watchman around. I, oh, I could show you, but there's... work up to an omnibus. <laughs> Well, all right. With the Delvin's feats of strength aside, I guess it's time to let Pat know if you're a new listener. Welcome. Pat will give you the show description. Hit it, Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our indexing of all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series Sherlock Holmes. 1954 Sherlock Holmes was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ron Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So take off your deerstalker cap, light your pipe, Get cozy by the fireplace and let the soothing violin music from Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. But don't forget to drop the name, Herbert Finnick. All right, all right. Before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen, to a commercial that would have been playing around the time this episode was released back in 1955. This will help us get in the right time frame of mind, if you will, and it'll transport us back to the 50s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Legos. Lego is here. Hey, kids, look, a whole new world to build. Because Lego is here. This young boy has such fun. He used Lego one by one. Wibbity, snap, patty, whack, don't stop a plane. This young boy glad Lego came. Lego, a whole new world to build. This young girl has such fun. She used Lego one by one. Build hotels, animals, people, boats, skyscrapers, and more. So kids, get your Lego set now at department and toy stores everywhere. Lego, the sensation of Europe, now made in America by Samsonite, who make it better for longer-lasting fun. All right. What did you guys think of this one? And Jason, you get to go first. I think the thing that really popped into the front of my mind was, has there been a toy that's had more staying power than Legos, man. (laughs) This thing has been around forever. And kids today love it. And apparently kids from 1954 loved it. I remember when the moon base came out and, oh, how excited I was for those moon base Legos. Oh, yeah. Man, it's just, and, and even just looking at this commercial, black and white, you know, back from the 50s, and they're pretty simple, lego sets they still look fun as heck man but as a parent uh, it sucks when the kids leave them lying around on the floor let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) oh the foot pains the foot pains (laughs) yeah man my kids 
still into Legos to this day, especially Jay. Jordan's kind of grown out of him, but Jay has grown right into him. So, yeah, man, 1955 to now, still hanging in there. What do you think, Delvin? Yeah, I think I agree with Jason. And, you know, back in the day, like, the Legos had to be made out of, like, concrete or something. So, so, so like, if, if everyone probably survived, like, the Lego scare of 1974 when parents across America were all stepping on them and somebody was like, ban you Legos! <laughs> and the Legos had asbestos in them and everything. <laughs> But, I mean, they clearly are an amazing toy. Like They were around when I was a kid, uh, and they were around when my parents were kids. That's crazy. I was never particularly good with putting together Legos at all. I would have been like the girl was in the commercial building a skyscraper. But instead of a skyscraper, I just would have been stacking blocks. <laughs> I am very Lego special. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it comes from your lack of ability to follow written directions? Or <laughs> well, this is a true story. Jared, Jared knows it, but I went and visited him when Jordan was younger. I don't remember how old he was, like maybe nine, something like that. He had a Star Wars Lego set. He was excited to have me help him put together. And I was like, remember when Chewbacca tried to put C-3PO together and Empire Strikes Back and the head's all on backwards and the arms are on the wrong (laughs) spots and everything? That's what my Lego set looked like. And he eventually just said, "Uh, Uncle Jason, you just give me the Legos I asked for and I'll put this thing together. (laughs) It's quite literally what happened. He was like, he just tell Jason what piece he was looking for. I need this piece and this color. Yeah, I was like uh, Nurse Hot Lips Hulahan from Matt standing (laughs) up. And in the utensils. All right, Pat, you've waited patiently. What's your take on the Legos commercial and Legos in general? Well, I tell you, Jared, this young boy, I had some fun with some Legos back in my day. But I was surprised, too, that it's been around that long. I totally blew my mind when I saw this commercial. I'm like, really? Legos? 1950s already? You know, it seemed pretty basic Lego shapes and that. You had your squares, your four, your twos, and all that. Uh, Your simple ones and probably not a lot of colors at all either. Uh, you know, probably red, white, and something else or whatever, but it's still pretty cool. And just to see in the commercial, like these little miniature architectural buildings that they did, things like that, I thought was really cool. Absolutely. I think my favorite thing about the commercial is, is 55, and they were clearly selling this as a unisex toy. It was mm-hmm. very evenly split between... The boys building and girls building. Yep. I thought that's, you know, slightly more progressive than what I would have thought for 1955. And so they're credit where it's due. What's that? For certain. I said yeah. they were on to something for certain. Yeah, and since I, mean, I got it, since I got it real quick, I just like, I mean, it's a personal thought, like, especially between me and you, Jared. Like, how is it that I'm terrible at Legos, but I was really good at Tetris? That's a good Well, again, mm. like you said, you would build walls <laughs> with the Legos, and that is what you do. No gap having walls. That's what Delvin's specialty is. Just wait on that straight line to drop down, son. <laughs> Tetris, woo! And I would be remiss if I didn't say. There you go. Spot on sound effects. Spot on not debatable sound effects. So anyway, yeah, cool commercial. I was kind of like you, Pat, when I found it. I was like, 55? <laughs> Man, I knew they were old, but I didn't know they were that old. Yeah, I didn't know. I'm like, whoa, wow. And I thought it was kind of cool that they were like sublet by Samsonite. Like, 
you know, Samsonite was basically importing them from Europe where they were originally made and, and kind of rebranding them. And I thought, oh, it's kind of an interesting, I, I would like to know the history of that, like how that deal came to be and, and like how it kind of, I guess, fizzled away because Lego just kind of represents itself now for, yeah. Um, but I know there's a toys that made this episode on it and I know I've seen it, but I can't remember if they covered that part, but anyway. yeah, I can't remember either. I thought that was interesting. We have talked a lot about Legos. Let's get back to Sherlock Holmes, which now I've just thought a Sherlock Holmes Lego set of the 221B apartment would be there. Is. There is one. Yes, there is one. What? It's what the what? what? <laughs> it's been hitting my social media feed. Mine man. too. What the mine what too. the what? You <laughs> seen it? It's yeah. like, but it's like seventy some dollars. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a hundred bucks. But yeah. I was like, oh, it's cool. Custom. Yeah. Garrett is buying it. <laughs> that is live that on is the show, bought, baby. Did I mention I had to put in a new sewer system? <laughs> now that we're in our 1950s mindset, here's Delvin with the episode info. Episode 37 with sadly just two left to go was titled The Case of the Unlucky Gambler. The original air date was 18 July 1955. The director, Steve Previn, the writer, Lou Morheim. Guest stars Archie Duncan as Lestrade, K. Richard Lark as Wilkins. Woo! Woo! I was late to the woo. <laughs> <laughs> Richard O'Sullivan as Andy Fenwick, Roland Bartrop as Herbert Fenwick, and John Buckmaster as the bartender. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast. Because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, so if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join discussion. At only 26 minutes or so, it's not that big of a time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we would love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about it on Twitter using the hashtag, I'm following homes, Pat. Hashtags, I'm following Holmes. Herbert Franklin. <laughs> Jared. Herbert Franklin? Fennec, That's man. That's the Herbert Fennec cousin. <laughs> All right, anyway. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. Jason. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. And while they all were on mute, I ripped apart three omnibuses. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. Watson take on their youngest client yet, Andy Finnick. Finwick. I swear they say Finnick, but in the credits it says Finwick, so I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, Andy's an 11-year-old boy who is searching for his father. The boy's only lead is a Mr. Jack Driscoll, a man his father seemed to fear. 
In an unusual turn of events, Holmes goes to see Lestrade for help. Yeah, hoping he'll know of this Jack Driscoll. While Lestrade may not know, Wilkins might just have the information that the lads need. The info leads them to the seedy underworld of sports betting, specifically in boxing. But will it lead to Herbert Fennick? And if so, can Holmes save Herbert's tarnished image for his son? And if so, can he do it in a mildly hilarious fashion? Tune in and find out. All right, let's go highs and lows. And according to my list for today, it all starts with Jason. I'm going to start with a high and I'm going to start with the facial reactions of one Dr. Watson at the beginning of the show when they're interviewing their young client. And I just thought that it was so adorable when Holmes makes the comment that he could tear a phone or a dictionary in half and (laughs) the eyes get wide like, oh, I can't believe you're going to tell that whopper. And then I really liked his proud nod when the kid says, nope, you know, you've got to pay for the services and never, never Welsh on your, your debts. And Watson's like, good young man, good young man. Mm. I just, you know, just the character actions of Watson in that first act, I thought were really good and entertaining. Definitely fun to watch. You know, a lot of times uh, I think uh, kids often ruin movies (laughs) and TV. But that kid was cute as a button and it was perfectly played. So I, I didn't have a problem with him at all. And next up is Delvin. If you have further thoughts on that or, or maybe some new high or low for this episode. I think Jason covered the kid angle well enough. The kid was adorable. It was a very nice way to start the episode. And it was nice also to see how Holmes and Watson doted on the kid. It, it was just a cool touch of humanity. And then we got to see why Holmes is the brilliant person that he is. He already had deduced that the kid was going to come into 221B. And then he deduced after having a conversation with the kid exactly what his father probably was and what he had gotten into based off of what the kid had said. I was really impressed with that. And that is what makes me and anyone really I love Sherlock Holmes. Definitely. It had that thing that sort of Jason, I mentioned every episode that little is Holmes going to do the learn everything there's about you from tiny details thing. And it did. And then it followed that up with Holmes just basically admitting, well, we're kind of in a corner. We have literally one lead, the name Jack Driscoll. I mean, we could deduce a lot, but this is where we're at. So we have to turn the tables and go ask Lestrade for help, which was it. Anyway, that could be Pat's high or low. So I will say no more. Pat, it's your turn. Well, I'm just going to say one thing about what Jason said on Watson and his how he was acting. It played later on in the episode because he continues to, I wish people would be more polite and be nicer and all that. Because the kid was, you know, super sweet and nice and polite and all that. And Watson's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, that's a good boy. And then later on, you know, he's getting bumped and beer and all that spilled on him. And just people are just kind of pushing Watson around a little bit. I, I found that hilarious that that came back around on him. <laughs> but what I also like is Holmes and Watson walking around in London. We get to see that background scenery again. And mm-hmm. you can tell that they're actually outside doing this. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool to see. 
is happening because I had to actually, I paused it, rewinded it just to see, okay, is that like a fake thing in the background, you know, but it looked real. And so on the, uh, the kind of three different sites, they kind of were buying this episode, I think. Yeah. I've often wondered if they, because you know, they filmed in France. Like, did they take a trip to England just to do some insert shots? Yeah. Um, did they do it just for this episode? I know, I think we've seen them kind of outdoors and true in different you know, areas, big yeah. men in the past. But so I was wondering like, did they have like a B reel of footage where they just kind of went for a day and shot them in different spots? I don't know, but they, yeah. it definitely caught my eye though. That I was like, Oh, they are yeah. truly in London. I see it. Yeah. And what was really cool is that they were walking this time. You know, mm-hmm. usually you see them in the, the carts and that, but I thought that was really cool. I agree. Definitely caught my eye back to the top of the roster. Jason, I can't believe we got all the way through that without anybody talking about, well, Let's see what you I would say. I was saving it. I was saving it for somebody else. <laughs> I yeah, I, I was going to save it, save it uh, for Delvin or Pat. But it, yeah, I'm excited too. I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> but I, I've got an actual question for you guys because I got a little bit lost. Nope. It, Me too. Okay, maybe we're going in the same direction here. Yeah. I, I got lost in the boxing scene when they go in and they have the fighter that's on the that's on the table and then they go out and his coach manager, whatever is yelling at him in the ring. It looks like they switched guys. The, <laughs> they the did. Guy. In my research for this episode, it is uh it isn't the goofs of the trivia for this episode that uh, when you first meet him, he's coaching a boxer, but in the actual match, he's coaching the other boxer. Yeah. That was, that was just a mistake. I think they filmed it out of sequence and they messed up and brought the, wrong guy and the guy yeah i watched it a couple times i was like am i missing something and i was like nope that's him because they put the robe on him when he goes out this guy's name i'm just super proud that you caught it because i i wait i hope you don't take offense i went full delvin and i did not know and then when i read it in the trivia i was like what i went back and looked. i was like they did they swapped them out well i'm glad you said it because i was like Oh, you're so stupid, Jason. What are you missing here? <laughs> like, no, it was just a mistake. Okay, what, were you saying? what were you saying, Delvin? No offense taken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've admitted it on the show. Like, eh, you know, I'm not, I don't care. You know, I have a good time with the show. I'm not into uh, the details. <laughs> was that what you were going to ask too, Pat? Or did you? No, it wasn't. So I'm, you know, just like Jared, I feel like I that one passed me by. But I guess I was more confused on the ending of it where else and Holmes kind of turns around <laughs> I love and like I'm like wait a minute he's he's lying Pat to save the guy's kid yeah. from knowing that you know his dad well, is and that's what I kind of figured but it's like all of a sudden we jump to this boom and now he's doing I'm like well, what's going on here and I'm gonna say the ending part and I'm jumping my part early here is because I'll save the best part for Delvin even though I was kind of confused on Austin, he turned around. It made more sense to me now because Holmes had a heart. Oh yeah. And he was trying to portray, you know, trying to get the others to understand what he was doing. I will say this though, because the the thing that bothered me about, I get that he had a heart. I, I get that. I thought it was very noble trying to save face in front of his son. It was humorous the way he's just like moving around. (laughs) 
It's kind of a bummer for the barman who gets taken away. <laughs> His reactions were gloriously funny. You know, man. well, he paid him uh, earlier, so it's not like, <laughs> and they didn't even get the drinks. <laughs> that's fair. But what got me was that the like, is that really a satisfying ending? Because at the end of the day, uh, this man does owe that murderer still a thousand pounds. Yeah, that occurred uh, to me as well. You know, you know, I, I, I sorry, so yeah, your dad's I guess, yeah. gonna end up dead here in the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what was my thing. It's like, okay, so now this guy's just gonna, you know, go live his life or try to live his life again. He's just gonna somebody's He's gonna, gonna end up with the bottom of the with yeah. cement shoes. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, so I'm like, why wouldn't you have protected him or just said, hey, you need to get out of town or do something? Oh, and you've waited so patiently through 14 different topics. <laughs> <laughs> no, same topic. It was all the <laughs> There was just a lot of stuff. There was a, a lot of ins and outs. Well, for me, the assumption was that the guy was going to have an opportunity to pay off the debt or at least paid down on it. He got in over his head and just got completely overwhelmed. So I absolutely love the way that Holmes had a little bit of humanity because the guy was so pushed into the corner that he was going to do something completely against his character and rob this bar to try and get money to pay off this loan shark or whatever that he got into deep water in and gambling. So I actually liked that. I liked the tap dance that Holmes did. I like the fact that he let that dude save face in the eye of his son who loved him and doted on him. That was cool. And I think the thing that we haven't discussed is Wilkins saving the day. Is that what we're <laughs> Absolutely. <at? laughs> yes. That's what I'm waiting for. I love that Wilkins was completely indispensable as normal, but I thought that Lestrade was a little bit bumbling and I didn't like him as bumbling as he was, so where almost Holmes and Watson were kind of laughing at him even before they came and after. I wasn't the hugest fan of that, uh, but I did love Wilkins coming in and saving the day like he did because Wilkins came across just brilliant on that scene. That was great. <laughs> you know why you didn't like it is the same reason why I did like it because you had the officer sitting at his desk and you had Wilkins with those sergeant stripes all down his, down his <laughs> thing there. Like, Knowing his stuff, got to pull that officer hat out of the fire. I got I got it down on. I got it. I got it down in. I got it down in my notes. Oh, here we go. Pat's notes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got down. So, what does Lestrade really do at his job? <laughs> he manages Wilkins. I give you good officer. Wood. What? What do they do here? Um, Oh, it was so great. You know, it, it kind of like you had those looks between Holmes and Watson. They, they knew exactly who was going to help them before they got there. Well, it was funny because they had like two rounds of it. The first time they asked information on the guy and he doesn't know. And then finally gets to Wilkins and Wilkins. Yeah, he starts out. naming different. Name, Lestrade right. starts naming different stuff. And no, then no. they they asked a second question. And Lestrade just kind of looks over <laughs> to Wilkins that part, like, bail me out, brother. <laughs> and um, he does. It's funny. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you have a lighthearted opening scene with the kid. You have very funny Wilkins moment. Then you get to kind of the CD underworld of boxing where it gets a little bit serious. And then a real sort of funny and heartwarming ending. And the reason that heartwarming ending worked is the actor who played the bartender. Like his reactions are just gold. 
he, he's like completely like, wait, I'm being railroaded. What? That's just my ledger. What the? <laughs> you know? well, the ledger comes- was funny too because because <laughs> he convinces Lestrade like this was a classified ledger that they stole from like the Navy Department or something. So classified, <laughs> you can't even look. No, at you it. can't look at it. It's that classified. <laughs> this is G14 classified. <laughs> and then at the very very end, he's like, "Oh, by the way, Lestrade, you might want to let that bartender go." <laughs> I've been wrong before, and I think I was wrong on this one. <laughs> that was great. Very great. Very, yeah. very great. Good, fun episode. Anybody else got anything left in the tank? The other thing is just going back to Holmes and Lestrade is just how fun it is to see Holmes getting Lestrade just so frustrated and flustered. <laughs> uh, I, I like seeing that. And then at the end when they're leaving, you know, he says, thank you a lot, Lestrade. And then as he turns around, comes back in, and thank you, Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent scene. Well, with that, let's move into fun facts with Jared. I don't have a fun fact for you this episode. I have a no fun fact. As we wind down, like Delvin mentioned earlier, two episodes left. Gentlemen, at episode 37, it's time to bid adieu to Sergeant Wilkins. We will not see him again. Oh. And <gasps> that is going to be that. I didn't want you to have your hopes up for the last two I, I peeked ahead. I looked at the guest star rosters on the next two. I mean, if he has a cameo, that'd be great, but I, he's not credited on the next two because I peeked ahead on him. The, go the hell the you say, Jared? The hell you say? I feel the same way as I feel when I brought to you guys the fun fact on Flash Gordon where the sexy costumes got noticed in like basically season one, so they, they get more modest in season two, and we were all very angry about that. <laughs> Only because it's BS. It's BS. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. Well, bad news again. That's the end of Wilkins. But you know what? You know what they say is uh, don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. And he was definitely a highlight of this entire series. Well, he shows up like one out of every, I don't know, four or five episodes, right? But he's always, always on point. One of the one of the hidden gems of characters that we've seen in this. What was your, what was your guys' favorite uh, Wilkins memory? Jerry. I was just about to ask that pass around, but thanks for asking me. I think this one's pretty good, but when I think of Wilkins, I go back to like his first appearance where he spent like all day just hanging out with Sherlock Holmes and doing experiments at his house. To me, that will always be hilarious. So that's the first one that comes to mind for me. What about you, Delvin? I kind of want to steal Jared's, and I wasn't even here for that, but I remember hearing you guys rave about it. So much and was just was just so tickled about it that that's that was pretty cool to me. But other than that, to still a line from Office Space, I, I pretty much celebrate Wilkins' entire catalog. I, I was grateful <laughs> any time that he was on the show. So nice, Pat. Favorite Wilkins moment? It's hard, you know. It, like Jared and Delvin said, it's it's every time you see him on the screen from the beginning to now the end. It's like oh Wilkins. And I, you know, I scream it out loud when I see it. All right. It's like when Kramer would show up in the Seinfeld episode. Yeah. So, so there is no bad. It's always good with Wilkins. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go with the same one you picked, Jared, but my runner up would be remember the one where he uh, sat in there and it was like smoking the peace pipe? Yes. Uh, I was just thinking about that. I was just going to add that. And he actually like spoke. 
like Blackfoot or something. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> with the Native American guy in the hotel room. I thought that that's right. That's impressive. right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the best thing about K. Richard Lark's performance in all these scenes is is he knows they all know it's hilarious, but he just deadpans it. He's just Wilkins, you know, like to bottle that up <laughs> and to be just so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Well done, Jason. I'm glad you asked that question. Now, speaking of peace pipes, let's get the pipe ratings. Everybody get your pipes out. Keep an eye on Pat. And here's how it works around these parts. If you give it five pipes, that means you loved this episode. Four pipes means you thought it was very good. Three was, was good. And two was just okay. And one did not like it. We will start with the weasel skull. I've been to Joe November 3.5. I really liked the beginning, <laughs> and I didn't think the end quite stuck the landing. I still had some, some concerns about how they left that poor family. But as we talked about, it gets Wilkins' bump up to four. So four for me. Cool. Pat? Oh, man. I think we're all feeling the same thing here, I think. I want to do a three and a half. It's the ending that really threw me off. The beginning was a great story, a mystery going on. And then when you kind of comes down at the end of it, I was like, okay, but I was wanting something more in the end with a heart. I'm going to give it a very good four, four pipes from Pat Delvin. I was fine with giving it a four, but I'm reminded of the law of primacy, which means that you oftentimes remember the very first thing that's said. And the law of recency, you often remember the last thing that's being said. I enjoyed the very beginning of it and leading into the first few minutes. I enjoyed the ending of it because I thought the touch of humanity uh, plus intelligence thinking on his feet that Holmes showed was brilliant. I thought the landing uh, was fine. That plus, and I didn't know this before, that this was Wilkins' last episode is putting me in five territory. So I'm giving it a five. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I also am reminded of the laws of pluralcy and <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, I uh, <laughs> I was at a Joe November 4.5, and I wish Joe was on the show because I'd be happy to leave it right, right there. But without Joe, we, we can't do that. Can't do it. Can't do uh, it. So I, Pat and I recently recorded with Joe on the Joe podcast and on a comics, the console it was so nice to give have <sighs> Delvin. And I think it's boosted my spirits. I'm going to join him with the five. I just, it, hey, I find oh. it charming. I will agree with Jason at the end. I was like, I think he still owes somebody a thousand dollars. Yeah. I was like, just send him Four to pounds. jail. Cause he's not going to last the night. <laughs> I like, I like had this further story where like Holmes and Watson go to, uh, his creditor and Watson takes care of business, you know, Watson. Style. <laughs> well, they said, watch out for that guy. You see, yes. I've seen him around somewhere before. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that I've seen him fight. I think he fights dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Strangely enough, that put me in mind of the very first episode. Remember that where a dude punched him. Yeah. And Watson was like, Oh, Oh, oh no, he, did like a, he did like a three blinker and he's like, Oh, it's like, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> he laid that dude <laughs> you gotta love Watson for knocking down doors, pronouncing people dead, prescribing brandy, and punching people out. <laughs> I, I tell you what, guys, it, it maybe we'll save, I think, some bigger thoughts for our last episode on Holmes, but I do want to say just toss this out here, be marinating on it. 
you know, I've seen the the Nigel Bruce with Rathbone. I've seen the Sherlock's with Martin Freeman. Guys, this might be my favorite Holmes. I've I've seen the ones with Peter Cushing, uh, Nigel Stock. They're all good, but God, this might be my home. So be thinking about that. On our last episode, we'll kind of talk, we'll kind of go back to that and see what we think. Anyways, let's get into the 221B mailbag. As usual, we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content. They get raffle prizes and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. No. Alburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it. Or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. You know him as the Battle Wagon. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason King. Jeremy L. Here we go. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like the Jarman too. I'll give that a full one on that, Jason, because I don't do any halfsies for Joe Thomas. <laughs> Jose Poyo. John Watson. Josh Strickland. MVP Kathy Bright. MMH Monstrous Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Captain Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price. And Toronto Cup. And of course, we missed you. We apologize. Just remember, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you've added recently to our Crusaders Club, We'll add you up soon, but no worries. You can let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at Longbox Crusade, or you can give us a call. Use our voicemail, 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick, pick up the phone. <laughs> it's never going to stop. And if you're asking yourself, well, how do I get on this whole Crusaders Club thing? It's pretty simple. You go to patreon.com slash Crusade for as little as $1 a month. You get access. And as Pat would say, all the access to the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. If you don't have that extra scratch laying around, but you want to help us out here, maybe write a review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. We'd really appreciate it. Okay, guys, let's get into the shares, likes, retweets, comments. It's a it's a little thin this time. I need our homes listeners to kind of step up their game. Yeah, we're coming to the end of it. But uh, these are the folks that have been hanging in there with us, and here we go. Well, there ain't no packing like the unpacking of the power of the power of the power pack. They're back, and there's liking like that. Really, 007? <laughs> that, that had the same energy as Sledgely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Chris at VTO on that box. Let it roll. Because Jared likes the percussion. Ah, no. <laughs> and Coffee and Comic. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Days of High Adventure. 
Podcast. Tim Price. And hello, Confetti Wolf. Ow. Gene Hendricks. Clinton Robinson. And speaking of Clinton, he sent a comment on our last episode of Holmes where he said, Do I smell Crusaders pies made with golden fluffo? <laughs> Yeah, it's just my backed-up sewer. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of watched that one quick, Jason. (laughs) You know what? If you guys haven't listened to, that was episode 59, actually, of SMT. I would definitely recommend you revisit that Golden Fluffo discussion because I laugh every time we talk about it. Because Jason does a whole little skit about uh, the lady that won the, the state fair with her pie <laughs> and how she shows the ribbon off to everybody. Oh, I cannot do it justice. People just go back and listen to the golden fluffo segment from episode 59. I laugh every time I listen. You know that <laughs> with that ribbon out? <laughs> you knew you every time over. every time they come over to her house. <laughs> you don't have one of those. Because you would use golden fluffo and your piece of <laughs> pies. <laughs> It's still funny to me. Uh, All right, folks. Like I said, that's it for this episode of Holmes. Get a little thin. Stay with us till the end. Let us know you're out there listening. Use our voicemail, 707-532-5269. We'd love to hear your thoughts on 1954 Sherlock Holmes. Uh, We're definitely going to have a roundup episode here pretty soon. So uh, we'd be happy to put your thoughts and comments into that roundup episode. So 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. (laughs) Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think of 1954 Sherlock Holmes or Legos, Golden Fluffo, whatever. (laughs) Wilkins. Wilkins. And with that. Wonder Bread. (laughs) Wonder Bread. Gives me my energy. (laughs) Take us home, Jason. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you would like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out the Long Box Crusade. Pat, tell them where they can find that. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most podcatchers out there or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. So come and check us out. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. We also like James Bond. We like James Bond films. We like James Bond novels. We like James Bond music. We like James Bond games. If you want to hear us talk about James Bond, come join us on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Easy enough. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, most of your podcatchers. Hey, I'm proud to say that the Mirror newspaper over in the UK named us a top five James Bond podcast to listen to in 2022. And we are darn proud of that. So shout out to the Mirror for that. And if you want to get on this James Bond goodness, like I said, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, most podcatchers, www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or at OHMSPod on Twitter. And if you would like to chat with us online, we can be found at Delvin. Kick us off. D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977 for me. What about you, Pat? Well, though, and I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Or you can also find my friend, Herbert Fingwinch. Fingwinch. <laughs> it changes as the, as the show progresses. <laughs> It's like he's playing his own game of telephone. <laughs> you never know. The name of certain places could 
be different. So I got to <laughs> switch it up a little bit. But anyway, if you're out there and you know that name, let me know. Otherwise, Jarrett, where can you be found? <laughs> oh, Pat, I'm glad you asked. I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. And I do have several Sherlock Holmes book page sketches to choose from. As usual, this whole thing has been a commercial to sell my book page sketches. Check it out, www.theyardsaleartist.com. Jason. Well, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on either Facebook or Instagram. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. It's time to get your utility belt all stocked up. And you got to find that boy, Wonder, because our next episode will continue our journey through the 1943 Batman serial. We will see you all next episode for Chapter 7, The Phony Doctor. The meetup location? Gotham City. This guy's a phony. I knew he was a phony. He's a phony. Everybody, he's a phony. the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.